This is an audio only version of a then and now video. To see the full video, search then and now on YouTube. Enjoy. The Enlightenment, and consequently our modern world, was a revolution in trust. The philosopher Immanuel Kant's dictum to use one's own reason instead of relying on religious morality and the authority of the divine right of kings was essentially an imperative to trust people and for people to trust themselves. Secular societies are built on individual and mutual trust. But the Enlightenment was also built on an erosion of trust, a trust that priests and kings would always do the right thing, would always be just and honourable. But trust is difficult to define. So much of our modern society relies on trust without us really realising it. We trust the food we buy is safe, the medicines we take aren't poisonous, that drivers and pilots won't crash us, that electricians won't poorly wire our houses. Ultimately, trust is an optimism in people. Many studies have shown that trust influences economic growth and societal prosperity. The economist Kenneth Arrow wrote that virtually every commercial transaction has within itself an element of trust. Trust that a person can do the best job, shares your goals, won't scam you. Trust is required to set up businesses, to deal with people and work in groups. Trust sometimes involves letting others make a decision for you, believing that someone has your best interests at heart admitting that they're better placed to understand a situation or to help with a goal. And many studies have shown that trust is fundamental in responses to pandemics. Pandemics require expert advice on changing personal behaviour, whether through social distancing, vaccination or simple hand washing. Listening to advice requires that we trust those informing us. Studies carried out in Italy, the US and the Netherlands have shown that during the 2009 influenza pandemic, those who trusted the media and governments were more likely to apply the official advice. But pandemics can also ferment distrust. During the Spanish flu at the end of World War I, there were widespread rumours of spies spreading the disease across enemy lines, fermenting suspicion between people. Pandemics have also led to blaming and scapegoating. The plague was blamed on foreigners, witches, Jews, the other. So our effectiveness in combating crises and pandemics are dependent on pre-existing economies of trust. But crises also disrupt the social fabric, have an effect on culture, on how we view each other and the world. The plague affected the course of world history right up to this day. It killed around half of Europe's population, but some argued it ushered in the Renaissance, changed the climate because of reforestation, and had a positive effect on wages and the position of the working class. One study shows that the Spanish flu had a dramatic effect on social trust right into the late 20th century. The US General Social Survey, an annual questionnaire that goes back to 1972, asks citizens where they or their family originate from, but also contains the following question. Generally speaking, would you say that most people can be trusted or that you can't be too careful in dealing with people? 
they found that descendants of those countries with a higher death rate from the Spanish flu had lower levels of trust. They found that an increase in mortality by one death per 1,000 decreased average trust by 1.4%. This could have been the result of many things. Economies suffer and crime goes up. People are told to stay apart from each other. Business relationships break down because of a lack of communication. Some people starved not because of a lack of food, but because healthy people were afraid to go near the sick to give it to them. In an article in The Atlantic, science journalist Ed Yong paints two pictures of the aftermath of COVID-19, one where figures like Trump control the narrative, blame China and the Chinese virus, puts further restrictions on borders and immigration and chalks up a win for walls and nationalism. Mental health conditions worsen from isolation, domestic abuse and poverty. Alternatively, communal cross-border spirit could increase, trust in our neighbours could rise, and lockdowns and isolation could ironically make us more defiantly connected. Bosses allow their employees to be more flexible and work from home more, and the adequacy and accessibility of healthcare and social security could improve. The latter, though, requires trust, and trust requires optimism. Crises have often forced change through trust. India demanded independence in exchange for their support during World War II when it was frequently argued that backward societies could not be trusted to govern themselves. Black Americans, women and the working classes similarly could not be trusted with the vote. And after World War II, it was argued that European governments could not be trusted to successfully deal with healthcare and social security. But what really is trust? Trust requires a belief that the person you are trusting has a shared set of goals or values, that they believe in the same thing as you, and that there's a mutual understanding. It then involves believing, without conclusive proof, that they will act on what's required to further those shared goals. If three strangers share a house, for example, the shared goals are things like safety or security, we decide to believe that the others won't steal from us, murder us in our sleep, and will abide by some shared rules. Trust always involves a risk, but is at its core about increasing freedom. In their book Building Trust, Robert Solomon and Fernando Flores argue that trust is about opening new worlds that are impossible to step into individually. Because trust creates freedom. It says, I believe you can do this for the benefit of both of us or all of us. Civil society is built on trust, individuals coming together into groups, political or social, that work together towards a common goal that makes everyone better off. Only an increase in that trust can further those gains. More trust leads to more freedom. Social cooperation, trust and optimism are requirements of progress, which also means that social progress and trust are unintelligible without each other. Trust can never be guaranteed, always involves a risk and so requires a leap of faith. So history tells us that crises could take societies in one of two directions, a more distrustful one, 
and a more trusting one. That trust question in the survey I talked about earlier, would you say that most people can be trusted or that you can't be too careful in dealing with people? It's been updated by social scientists in recent years. One new variation asks, supposing that you lost your wallet with $200 in it, what's the likelihood of it being returned intact if found by dot dot dot, followed with variations like stranger, neighbor, police? And in a study in Toronto, Respondents to that question, when asked about the likelihood of it being returned by strangers, answered on average 25%. But here's the kicker. A Toronto newspaper dropped wallets with cash in around the city. How many were returned? 80%. In other words, people are vastly more trustworthy than we normally think. And as our social lives shift and change throughout this pandemic, out of the uncertainty and the tragedy, opportunities will also arise, have arisen already. As Western governments give their citizens cash, expand social services, as companies use new tools to work flexibly and more from home, as neighbours and friends help each other out more, as we listen more carefully to scientists and data, as we value first responders, nurses, and checkout workers more, we have a choice afterwards. One on pessimism and mistrust, and one on optimism and trust. When governments give out cash to ease poverty, remember that people have been pushing for this optimistic vision of society for years. Universal basic income, according to Luke Martinelli, an economist at Bath University, is about giving people cash without question and trusting that they know how to use it in the most effective way they can. A basic income for everyone is about trusting that our economies aren't going to implode from idleness when we provide every citizen with the basic means to live, to shelter, and to eat. One study has shown that it leads to hospitalizations being reduced, employment rates staying the same, and school attendance improving too. Radical change like this requires a leap of trust, stepping into a freer future requires optimism in people. And let me be precise here. I'm not saying that we should blindly trust. That would be foolish. A healthy skepticism is always necessary to hold the powerful to account. Just that building trust should be central to building healthy societies. When societal distrust outweighs trust, there's a significant fault line running through social and political life. This is why the virus can be read as a metaphor for wider social conditions. The more distrustful we are of experts and leaders because of problems like poverty, inequality, or corruption, the more the virus spreads between us as we ignore official advice, and the more distrustful we are of each other, the more we ignore problems like underfunded public services and poverty. Distrust is suspicious. Distrust is resentful. Distrust is paranoid. Distrust is pessimistic. Distrust is cynical. And that's why trust me, trust us, trust them are some of the most powerful statements you can utter.
If you like these videos, I need your help. And here's my request. If you think you get the same value from four of these videos as you do from just one cup of coffee, then please consider pledging just a dollar per video. That's three to four dollars per month to keep this channel going. You can even limit your pledge to one dollar a month. And if you pledge five dollars, I'll add your name to the credits. To those that already support then and now, thank you so much. This channel just wouldn't exist without you. You can also hit like, share, follow me on Twitter and Facebook, etc. All of these things really contribute to helping then and now grow. Thanks for watching and see you next week.